When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. Your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay. As always, folks, it's happening. The Colorado Avalanche are one win away from the Stanley Cup final. They beat the Edmonton Oilers 4-2 to in Game 3 and lead the Western Conference final 3 to nothing. I think the con- conclusion you can draw about this series right now, the Avalanche are just better. They're better in every single part of the ice. I mean, McDavid is good. Okay, McDavid's great. Dreisaitl is injured, so he hasn't been as good. But every other part that we talked about in our series preview about the Avs are going to need depth scoring, it has showed up in the biggest way possible, and they're taking advantage of the matchups that the Oilers are putting out there because our third and fourth line are better than their third and fourth line by a mile. Yeah, everywhere you look in this series, the Avs are better. You know, they have McDavid and Drysdale. That's an edge to them. That's it. That's That's it. All they've got. And I think my favorite part about this is people are realizing what we both have said all season long. This is the best team in the league. And it's really not that close either. No one else even really compares to them. And people are like, oh, wow, this Avs team really is kind of unstoppable. Yeah. If only you listened to us instead of just calling us biased for the last six months, we've been trying to tell you. I've, we've both said, how does this team lose? How do they do it? It is fucking hard to beat this team. It really is. The only way you can do it is if I'm there. Otherwise, yeah, that's literally. That's the only way. That's the only way. What's the record now with you at home? 0-2. Oh no, no, I'm saying with, with you at home. Oh, with you with me at home, they are 7-0. and oh. <laughs> I mean, with, when I watch oh. on a television, they're undefeated. They're 11-0 yeah. oh when I am not actively at the game. I am the only thing. And so I want to come to Colorado for the final, but there might be a riot at the airport. Like there might be people who shove me back on the plane. It's quite possible. Um, we'd have to sneak you in in a disguise or something, but 
that is truly the only thing that slowed down the abs is the is the curse of Griffin Youngs at Ball Arena. That's the only thing. Like if like if I come, like I can't go. Like I can't go <laughs> to stay at home and watch it. <laughs> like I can't like, watch, watch parties are fine, apparently. Yeah. Those don't seem to be a problem, but I cannot go. No. I well, that's a bridge we we'll, we'll get we'll cross it when we get there. But the the stats kind of speak for themselves there, man. Like um, I, as much as I wanted to say, like, oh man, what a fluke. Dude, <laughs> 11 and 0, and my only two abs games in my life, they're 0 and 2 with the by far the worst performances of the playoffs, like not even close. Yeah, it's, I mean, I'm sorry, man, but it, it's it, at this point, you just kind of need to accept it. <laughs> like I said, but on last episode, you need to get out here for like some regular season games, get your mojo flowing, and then you'll be good. But in the playoffs, I, I don't, I agree, man. I, I don't know if you can come. But we'll have to figure it out, though. <laughs> we're, we're legitimately going to have to make a plan as to how we're going to handle this because this is legitimately the only problem right now. The yeah. abs are just too good. Dude, they are undefeated on the road to start the playoffs. 6-0, and and they went into that Oilers building, let in an early goal 36 seconds in, and totally calmed the game down, played the game they wanted to play, and walked out of there with a huge win. The crazy part to me is the Avs were a good road team in the regular season. I, for one, I did not see this coming. No, I mean, I, they, they weren't I, even, I think the, the Caps, surprisingly, were the best road team yeah. of the regular season. The, I, I think the Avs were top five. I can double check that real yeah. quick. But No, but it, it's harder to win on the road in the playoffs, and I'd argue they played better on the road than they have at home. Yeah, I would say for sure. The Avs are like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, tenth on the road in the regular season. 24 14 and three pretty good Good. nothing to write home about though but they're the first team on the road yeah i think they're the first team since the kings won the cup back in 2012 or 2013 12 that the the Kings started like think seven and oh on the road in that playoffs and we saw what happened with them but yeah the the i'm remembering that now the their only road loss was their last one in the final before they went home and won the cup if I'm remembering right. Yeah, I, I think you're right. But th- this team is just different, dude. We've been trying to tell people all year, and I've been trying to tell myself they're going to be different all year. And when it actually comes to fruition, it's still a little bit shocking to me. I don't know if it's, it's a shocking like, to you. This is insane to watch. Like, we've both said this team is different. They're 11-2 and two in the playoffs. I've sat in my house and gone to watch parties every time – I'm watching them on a TV. They have not lost. They just play so goddamn good. Like there's on the road. That, like, what do you do to beat them? Like, it's what we've said all regular season. When this abs team is trying and at their best, what is your plan to beat them? They're deeper than you. In ev- the only team that has more star power than them is Edmonton. And they can't even do anything because the Avs star power is actively shutting down their star power head to head and sacrificing offensive opportunities in order to shut them down. They're not turning this into like the the back and forth barn burner that game one was. They're playing such a committed style of hockey and it's opening the door for the, the other lines to contribute offensively. And the Oilers don't have that. No, they don't. And my favorite part of this game for the abs is their puck retrieval 
and just getting the puck out of their zone was probably the best it's been all playoffs this game. They did not really turn the puck over in their own zone this whole game, which has kind of hurt them all year. Uh, I thought they were great in their own end, getting pucks out and getting pucks deep, especially in those final five minutes. Yeah. I mean, they were making me sweat a little bit with some of those, those failed clears towards the very end, but I, I should know better than to, to doubt them. And so should you, you predicted them to lose. I, dude, I, I've never been more excited to be wrong in my life. So um, I just, I, I thought this game was going to go totally different and the abs just keep like they shoved it in my face and I'll take it. I'll take that one on the chin. That's the happiest punch I've ever taken in my face in my life. <laughs> so should, should we actually talk about the game? Well, let's, let's talk about the game. Cause we, we've kind of beat around the bush. Maybe, here. maybe a little bit here. We maybe can, a little bit. That, that is what we're paid to do. Cover it in like a brief little segment. Yeah. The, the game that just, yeah, there was a game. Yeah. There was but, a game, maybe. Uh, it did not start well. No, it did um, not really at all. At all. Uh, Connor McDavid, like you said, 38 seconds in. Yep, 38, 38 seconds in. in. Bad line change. Abs get caught. Hyman finds McDavid, just goes right through Frankie. That's like that's, what's, like, that's what's gonna happen. That's the story with McDavid. You give him that, he's going to score. Yep, it's, there's it, really not much else to say about it. One nothing, and then all hell kind of breaks loose. And yeah, what, what, what was this a minute later? Yeah, a minute uh, later. The dirtiest player in the NHL. Dude, you took the words right out of my mouth. The the dirtiest player in the NHL. Let me repeat. I'm not being being dramatic. The dirtiest player in the NHL. Dirtier than Reeves. Dirtier than Wilson. Dirtier than Kadri, as much as people like to say that he is. He's the dirtiest guy in the league. He's a scumbag. He's a horrible person. I'm not going to mince my fucking words about this guy. This guy is a piece of shit that does not belong in the NHL. He cross-checks Nazem Kadri in the back, like – eight feet away from the boards. Kadri is down, does not return to the rest of the game. Uh, he gets a five-minute penalty, does not get booted from the game. Gets I thought when you got a five-minute major, you were kicked out of the game. It, it's apparent only for boarding. You're allowed to say just five-minute penalty. I saw that explanation out there, which is fucking stupid. Yep. Uh, I don't know how he was allowed to return to this game. He, he, You could see all last game, his intent in the, the last 20 minutes was to injure someone chicken wings out on Kale McCarr, going after Josh Manson. He's trying to hurt people. It's like I said last episode, they want easier matchups. It's not about sending a message or physicality. It's about hurting people. This is what Evander Kane does. He's a domestic abuser. He's a horrible person. He's filed for bankruptcy. Horrible guy. Should not be here. Should not be here. Um, You you talked about it. Kadri's out for the rest of the series, if not longer. At least. least Per Bednar. So... I mean, the only if the abs can complete the sweep, we're talking about 12 days until the cup final starts. I don't think that's enough time for Kadri to get back. We're lucky if we see Kadri again. I don't know how he did anything less than separate his shoulder. Yeah. Like, we'll be lucky to see Kadri again. Um, And we're in the same, same boat here. Like, Evander Kane, if he's not suspended, if, he, if he's not suspended, I will lose the remaining bit of faith I did not know I had in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Nazem Kadri played a dirty hit on Justin Falk last year, ended his season. He got eight games for that. That's a lot. Evander Kane has a history, is a horrible person, and just ended somebody's series. Eight games is the standard. That's what I want to see. You know what I want to see? I want to see he is suspended for the remainder of the series. I don't want it to be one 
or two. I want it to be remainder of the series. That's the language I want. Because that's happened before. It's I not think, I think Adri got that when he was with Toronto. Yeah, no, I, I agree it should happen. But if there's anything I've learned with the DPOS, they just are fucking idiots. Um, yeah, and, they'll, they'll look at that and say, oh, it's a hockey play. Yeah, it's, it's a hockey play. Fucking dinosaur, George Peros. Yeah. He's like, unfit to run, unfit to do his job. Yeah. And the fucking, the part that frustrates me the most is fucking Evander Kane in the post game saying he was, he knew Kadri likes to reverse hit. Has Kadri fuck reverse you. hit? Has he reversed like, hit once you, in the Evander. series? What the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Has he, he? He likes to reverse hit. You're making yourself the victim again. Sounds a lot like your court case. Yeah. And he says he's just trying to bump Kadri as he's actively cross checking him in the back. Right, eight and feet away from the. He knows what he's doing. He knew what he was doing. His back doing. was Kadri's back was too. That is, it's as Bednar said. That is one of the most dangerous plays you can make. That is just as dangerous as any headshot. And that's saying a lot for Jared Bednar, who doesn't say much. That but, is probably the harshest criticism he's ever had. Yeah, and Bednar's not that type of coach. He's not going to cry like a little bitch like Jay Woodcroft or Pete DeBoer, but he was pretty passionate about that, and I could tell he wanted to say more, but. He knew he he just leave it at that. Let the fucking um, let the DPOS handle it. I think minimum, dude. I I'm trying not to. I, I wouldn't be shocked if it's only one game. I w- I wouldn't be either. That's that honestly. That's what I'm expecting. I think he's going to get a game. It should be the series. He should, should be gone for as long as Kadri's out. Should be because why even have a department of player safety? This is one of the most blatant violations I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a dirty, dirty hit, and the fact that Evander Kane was able to return to the game is just. And then five seconds out of the box, jumps out and boards Nico Stern. Yeah, like he, we knew what he was trying to do. He, How many minutes did he end up playing? Because I feel like he got benched for a little bit. I think so. I mean, let me see. Let's see, Evander Kane played twenty-one minutes. Oh, okay, never mind. He played third most behind McDavid. Played twenty-six. Yeah, that's right. Seidel played 24 on one leg. I'll, I'll ask you this. As the injuries have kind of piled up, do we see a Curtis McDermott game four? No. No, you don't think so? No, you don't. You don't respond with stuff like that. It's just not how we do it. Because if you if you start playing into it, now you're playing into their hands. You have a guy in McDermott who they're going to target with McDavid and Dreisaitl next game. And, uh, and what do you get? He chases Evander Kane around. Evander Kane says, LOL, fuck off, and doesn't fight him. And then why, what are we doing here? Yeah, he's a little bitch. He probably would just run he, around. He, oh, he's only tough and does his little words when he's behind the refs or on the bench. Like uh, the, the, the crying thing everyone tweets of him. Notice how he's on the bench when he's yeah. doing that? He never does that when he's on the ice. Yeah, he's a little he bitch. only runs his mouth when he's separated by people because he's learned his lesson when he tried to have beef with Ryan Reeves, drop the gloves and properly got his ass kicked. He doesn't <laughs> drop the gloves anymore. No, he knows he's not a tough guy. He's the fakest tough guy in the league. That's only good for hitting people in the back. And he doesn't belong here. He's a horrible person. No. There's no debating that. Like, it's not like a nuanced thing. Like, oh, Oilers fans being like, oh, you hate Evander Kane because of the media and everything. He's painted in a bad light. No, he's not. No, he's, he's just a horrible not. human. Look, he's just a look horrible up human. what he's done. I'm not going to describe the things that he's done because he should be in prison. If he couldn't put the puck in the net, this guy would be in jail. He's lucky to even be walking around in society. Yeah. You, know what, you know what? 
I cannot wait for the Oilers to sign him to like a five-year deal. Oh, they're going to give him a massive extension. Yeah. And, and next year, he's going to be gone because he's going to do some other stupid shit and file for bankruptcy again. Yep. That, that, you took the words right out of my mouth. He is He's going to burn the bridge like he's burned the bridge with every other fucking team he's been on. The San Jose Sharks gave him away for free because that's how much the team hated they him. They almost got in legal trouble because they terminated his contract so quickly because he faked his COVID card to cross the borders. And remember back in Atlanta, him and Dustin Bufflin, the team fucking hated him. And remember (laughs) Dustin Bufflin throwing his suit in the shower after a game. And in Buffalo, he was a horrible person and toxic in that locker room. They could not wait to get rid of him. They had to wait to the 11th hour for the, the, the measly offer the sharks gave them. And in San Jose, remember all of last season when everyone said, if Evander Kane is still here next season, trade me. Where there is smoke, guys. I mean, what do you want to say here? Not even mentioning his off-ice problems. This man is certifiable. He gets no breaks. None. He, he gets no of, benefit of the doubt. He was accused of betting on hockey games. Like, right. that, that gets kind of thrown out, but... He is. That was a huge problem from last offseason. He didn't even get cut for that. No, he got he cut is, for a separate thing. Yeah, he's the scum of the earth, man. He is truly just a like, horrific human worst being. people in sports, period. Yeah. And I tweeted about this during the game. I don't know if you did it. It, it was bad for my mental health. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, reading the tweets on like Darren Drager about how people were just going like, oh, get what you deserve. Kadri's hurt. Like, fuck off, dude. Like, you're talking about, like, a guy who has made mistakes in the past on the ice. And that's the difference between Evander Kane and Nazem Kadri, in my opinion. Nazem Kadri, all the mistakes he makes are on the ice. He's a model citizen. In Toronto and in Colorado were heat of the moment, like, blinded by the red mist, mistakes of rage. Evander Kane, there's too many to count. Yeah, like, he's... Nazem Kadri has been a model citizen outside of the game of hockey, a great ambassador for the sport. Yeah, he's made some mistakes on the ice. But, but to stay referring to those, they're, refer, they're referring to the Bennington thing, which yeah. wasn't his fault, no. you morons. And St. Louis, again, you're telling on yourselves, you're saying the quiet part out loud again after you sent racist threats to him two weeks ago. You're doing it again, guys. You're really making yourselves look bad. And it's, it's always fucking people on Twitter with like no profile picture. And yeah, it's, it's like Mike one, two, five, 17, 59, 100, like a million numbers. It's, it's so frustrating um, to watch. And I get it. I get it. He's not a a likable guy if he's not on your team, but to cheer for someone to get hurt and say like, he deserved it. No one deserves to get fucking cross-checked into the boards like that. No one does. No. And I don't go read those tweets, man. Just I'm don't, not. just don't. It's truly, truly horrific. Um, but yeah, all of this happened in the first minute and a half of the game. Yeah. Minute and a half. Minute and a half of the game. So the so, abs so did, we were understandably a little frustrated. A little bit. This has been brewing all game. Um, so the abs, they get a five minute power play out of that. And they look damn good on it. Yep. Mike Smith made some big saves. But just couldn't get the goal from him. McKinnon had a great chance, rang it off the post. They had nine shots on that five-minute power play. Smith stopped them all. Mike Smith was not the reason the Oilers lost this game. 
no people people are gonna pin that comp for a goal at the end on him which they should guy faced 40 shots he made some spectacular balnachushkin we'll we'll get to it he could have had four goals tonight he could have he was he was unbelievable he was unbelievable but so the abs go those five minutes create some chances nothing of it um and then who took the penalty after that for the Oilers? Darnell Nurse flipped it over the glass right. to lay a game. So the Abs have seven minutes of power play time in the first nine minutes of the, or I guess, 10 minutes of the period. And they get 10 shots on it. They do not have an even strength shot yet. But again, yeah. this power play was worse. They did not score. Did not score. Um, but that didn't take anything out of their sales. Like Edmonton could have gotten a ton of momentum from those kills and they got a little bit, but the Avs just kept grinding, and eventually Val Nichushkin, like you were saying in games one and two, he is so strong on the puck. He is winning every puck battle. Um, he wins a puck battle. It deflects off Darnell Nurse. Griffin's choking in the background as we're recording this. Um, it deflects wow. off Darnell Nurse into the net. It was truly one of the luckiest goals the Avs have scored in a while, but I feel like the Avs have been on the wrong side of those lucky bounces for every game so far in the postseason. When, when was the last time we got one of those? I I don't remember, man. Like, it felt good to get one because we always seem to be on the other end of the puck going off your defenseman's stick going into the net. Like, the Blues had, what, four of them in the series, the previous series? Well, the Blues, they got, like, five of them off of defenseman's stick in that series. It felt like in the first four games alone. And, you know, the Avs, they played well in this first. It even strength, it was kind of all Oilers, especially after the power plays but they did well to not capitulate another goal and got rewarded with another bounce. I mean, the, the part of this game that's so funny to me, there were so many great scoring chances. I feel like all the worst ones went in. This no, wasn't 100%. even a shot from Val. It goes off of Nurse and into the net. And now all of a sudden, you're coming out of that period with a hopping crowd kind of drained now. Where kind of drained. Off a and major penalty, <laughs> another power play, and – you kill off a power play at the very end of that period as that well. That was the best penalty kill of the year. Without question. And you come out of that period tied. I felt like that really set the tone for the rest of the way. Because the, the first period is all season has been the Oilers. Like if they don't win the first, they don't win the game. Yeah, of. no, I, I, I got to find Raj's. I think, I think they're undefeated. I think Raj tweeted this. They're undefeated yeah. when they're winning after the first and when they're tied, they're less than 500. When they're losing, their record is abysmal. Yeah, and getting that goal was huge, and that penalty kill was huge at the first period, and I took that 1-1 score, and I was like, thank you very much. Yep, because I we both knew the rest of the way that the Avs, now they're going to settle this down. They survived the rush. We always talked about the rush with Nashville and St. Louis on the road. That never really happened. Nope. This time you got the rush from going on the road and playing in Edmonton. You survived it. You come out tied, and they just establish their game, it felt like, the rest of the way. I'm really confused looking at Money Puck right now because it says that like, the Oilers, like, oh, man, they, they win, what was it, like 80 or 70% of the time in this I game. See it and, and it says their second period was much better than the Avs. That makes no sense because the Avs, they were fantastic in the second yeah. period. The second period was fantastic. Like, I don't know how Money Puck works, but – I mean, if you look at that and you didn't watch a game, you're probably going, oh, the Avs lucked into this win. They did not. not I thought they played all. fantastic. Not like not at all. They outshot them 43 to 29. I, I really don't know where they're getting that number from. Yeah. But second period rolls on. Um, 
a seemingly a big part of this game too. The Avs were winning their faceoffs. They were there were some clutch wins in the second period and in the third period. But on the second in the second period, was it Comfer or McKinnon who won that faceoff? I believe it was Landeskog. I believe it was. I don't remember. Yeah, I can't remember either. But I it believe was it was. You're talking about the goal, right? Yeah. And it was McKinnon because he got the assist. McKinnon. Yeah. So McKinnon wins a big faceoff. McCarr just tries. To, was it McCarr or Taves? I'm blanking. Taves. Taves just shoots one on net. It, another lucky bounce goes the Avs way, and it ends up right on Val's stick. And he, well, the, he, this whole play was created by Val. Yeah. McKinnon wins the draw. Val taps it back to Taze and he just circles all the way around. He gets the pass from Taze and positions it perfectly to just kind of fool Mike Smith with the shot. It wasn't particularly hard. It's, it was just like kind of a, a chip shot even. Yeah. And it was like a change up. Beat Smith perfectly clean. And that really felt like a huge shift oh, in the game. It was a fantastic and, shift, dude. They played that second period, like, like we just said, it was a good period from the abs. I thought they played great defensively, offensively, they were creating chances. Um, and then in the rest of the second period, I mean, Mike Smith made a great save on Val going for the hat trick. Was that the one where he double pad stacked? Was that was that on, the, that was on Landeskog, but that yeah, was on Landeskog. Mike Smith is the king of making ridiculous saves because he's so out of position. He was behind <laughs> the net on that one. He made another robbery on Val because he was on his butt and just stuck his glove up. Like, dude, like, why are you even there? And he's like, oh man, what a save. And full credit to him for making those saves because if he couldn't, he wouldn't be in the league because he's so out of position all the time. But I had everyone talked about after game one, like, oh, you know, Mike Smith always has the bad game one. So like, oh, game two, he lost, but they got shut out. You can't blame the goalie at home. Mike Smith, ooh, it's just, it's just a beast. And he was really good. But you're not playing the Kings anymore, are you? Nope, you're not playing the Kings. You're not playing the Flames. And oh wait, we have enough. Kadri left Rogers' place with a cast on his right arm. Fuck, dude. So he, this is from I've not, I've not seen this guy before. Irfan Gafar, I believe he's a works for the Canucks, maybe. But saw him Kadri leaving in a cast. Fuck. Fuck Evander Kane. Fuck, dude. God damn it. You couldn't have told me that after the show. God damn it. It felt, it felt kind of topical. Yeah, that is, that is, I mean, broke his arm probably. I think that's a best case scenario. Yeah. But that is, that is bad. I, from me, it looks like a shoulder to me. He went shoulder first. I think he separated his shoulder. Well, he's in a cast. So I'm assuming yeah. it's something with his arm. Yeah. But, oh, that fucking blows, dude. Okay. All right. Next man fucking up. Um, that's a real shame for Kadri because Kadri was the Avs best player in the series so far and probably, but you know, the thing about this series is the Oilers lost Yamamoto after game two and their solution is to punch Brad Malone into the lineup and shackle McDavid with Zach Cassian. The Avalanche have lost Burakovsky, Abe Kubel, now Kadri. They lost Gerard. Yep. And they've been able to replace them with NHL players. Nico Sturm steps into this game, which we didn't mention earlier. And the Avs, they're just able to survive everything. And it's, just, it's the a only, credit to the system. The only thing is the power play. Losing Kadri on the power play is awful. That's really bad. Yeah. Really bad. Um, Kadri definitely separate. I'm watching the replay again. That was That's full shoulder right there. Yeah. His shoulder's done. 
<sighs> that fucking blows, dude. Um, but like I was just saying, it's a testament to the ab system and to Jared Bednar having these players ready to play. Yeah. I mean, Nico Sturm hasn't played what since game two in Nashville. Yeah. He's been out for a while and he was good in this game. He solid. He didn't do anything special, but he did his job. He was a perfect testament to the system. And even when you're in practice, not letting guys off the hook and making everybody be ready to come in at any time. I mean, what did you tell me before the show that Darren Helm outperformed Connor McDavid in this game? Head when to they head, were on the ice together. Head yeah, to yeah. head, Helm, quote unquote, this is from Evan, dominated McDavid. Dude, I'm sorry. You got to going back to what people tweet at me. This guy just came in my mentions and goes, Kadri's momentum and dive caused the injury. Kane was playing playoff hockey. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? He's playing you ready for, playoff you ready for his user definition of playoff hockey is trying to hurt people. Did go like the UFC has fights like every week. You, you ready for his username? You ready? <laughs> how many numbers? Over before we do, can we get some bets on the over under on how many numbers? What's your bet? I'm gonna say he over under. I'm gonna say he has seven numbers. Oh, a little bit less. He has four. Oh, uh, that's, that's less than usual. Yeah, so it that, is. That can uh, at least be a year. Yeah. So. I, I, I don't know what that person's fucking watching, but you're a fucking idiot. Um, sorry. Oh, I, totally I feel like that. a lot of Oilers fans, this is not every Oilers fan, but a lot of Oilers fans are just very aggressive yeah. and generally just wrong about things. I get like this sense of entitlement from them that they deserve something because they won in the eighties and nineties and they're from Canada. Like they're, they're so appalled at the fact they take penalties. Like my, my brother in Christ, you are the ones taking them. They're, they're all penalties. I don't know what you're upset about. Stop, I do. stop committing penalties. I don't know what the, the problem is. Yeah. It's just fucking hell dude, but let's get back on track. Cause we'll, we'll have more to cover on that. I'm sure more news will come out as we're still recording, but we're getting down to it in the second period. I, I thought the abs played a great second period. Um, they deserve to have the lead two to one. Um, I, I don't really think the Oilers had too many dangerous chances in the second period. Not really. I mean, we had another, we had another power play late in the second period, which yep. was okay. I thought, okay. Still no goal. And it was felt like a wasted chance to really put some momentum on, but you know, you, you survive it. One thing that really impressed me, one thing that really stuck out to me was Alex Newhook making an amazing defensive play on Connor McDavid because you would think a 21 year old sees Connor McDavid about to blow past him and just start shaking. Newhook just stepped right into him and completely killed the play. Yeah, it was, a it great was, a, play. It's, it's a small thing that I don't think a lot of people noticed, but it's also the kind of thing that just shows how good he's going to be. He's 21 and has that confidence to be like, that's Connor McDavid. I'm going to step into him and shut down the play. It's also a credit to the system and not letting anyone off the hook or get away with anything. You'd think the 21 year old forward wouldn't be able to do that to McDavid, but he it's, did. A, it's a team wide thing. This is not just one line that's being tasked with shutting down McDavid. The expectation is shut him down, get in his face. Do not let him do anything. Do not be afraid of him. This is our system. It's not just like Val is attached to McDavid's hip. It's the fact that it's also Newhook doing stuff like this that is just a, a testament to the whole team. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. All you have to do is bet $5 on any team to win, and you get $100 no matter the result. It is literally free money. And if that's not enough, if you're looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs with DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds whenever you want at your convenience. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win, and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. How many points does McDavid have so far in the series? I believe he had three in game one, and he had the goal tonight. So four in three games. That's a win. Absolutely. You're holding him to almost a, a little bit more than a point per game. Yeah, and I feel like you, kind of have, you have to throw game one in the trash a little yeah. bit. But outside of that, he's got one point. It was a goal 36 seconds in. Outside of that, there was nothing from him. There was a, there was a couple things from him. There was a couple. It's, it's Connor McDavid. But, yeah. but it's that, like we said in the series preview. If you can hold him to a point per game, that's a win. Yeah, that's and a win. If you can contain – this is containing him. If you can contain McDavid and Dreisaitl, the Oilers don't have anything. No, they don't. They, they don't, don't have anything. And it's it's a testament to the Avs defense. I got to give Jared Bednar some major kudos. His line management tonight, I don't know if you saw it. Um, and to Nolan Pratt, the defense, defensive coach, they would get stuck with the not ideal defensive pair out there. They'd win the faceoff, and those guys would go right to the bench, and they'd get McCarr and Taves out there. Right. It, it was perfect line management. They had that one bad line change at the start of the first period. Right. But, and they, like, and you can say like, okay, it's a hostile environment. I feel like Bo got kind of mixed up there on the plate. It, it happens. It, it, happens. Didn't, it didn't come back to haunt you after that. You shut it down where it mattered. And that was beautiful. Like Jared Bednar, the Ken doll has coached his fucking ass off in these playoffs. And he does, he's not going to get as much credit as he deserves because look at the talent he has. But his management of the game has been... God, that pisses me off so much. Because Andrew Brunette got second in Jack Adams. He took over a 10-0 and team. And I would say, look at the talent he has. But Bednar got, what, fifth? Yeah. Dude, I don't disagree with you. He's never going to get the credit he deserves. But we're going to give him that credit because he's been fantastic in the series. I mean, game one... He's coaching Jay Woodcroft. Yeah, which is... Over his day. Yeah, I mean, it's not hard, but I guess not. <laughs> um, but it, it's you got to give Jared Bednar his kudos. He's coaching his ass off right now with all the injuries. He's pushed all the right buttons so far in this playoffs with who's inserted in the lineup, who's out. Um, he's been unreal. Yeah, he knows his team and he knows what it takes for this team to win. And Joe Sackick has built one of the best teams we've ever seen here with so much depth that they just showed the the abs injuries Kadri's now out Burakovsky hurt something blocking that shot in game one 
Kemper's still out. You had Frankie coming in this game again, and you have Gerard out. And now you, I don't know if Abe Kubel was healthy. Scratch he's not on there, but he he's hurt. Yeah, they didn't they didn't specify, but seems like he's hurt. So that's Abe Kubel out. That's your second line center, uh, two thirds of your third line, your starting goalie, and your third defenseman. Haven't missed a beat. Haven't missed a beat. Like it's it's been a really really good series for Jared Bednar and we're going to give him his flowers when we get there, but he deserves all the kudos in the world um, for how he's handling this team right now. Um, and all the people who said fire Jared Bednar, I just, I, I hope that they can suck on it. <laughs> like so, you, gotta, you gotta give a guy a chance sometimes. Like he's coaching his ass off right now. The guy is very clearly one of the best coaches in the world. Who's had success everywhere he goes. You know, it, it kind of feels vindicating to see this from the abs because we've talked about this all season long. I don't know how they lose after everything we saw in the regular season. If they like they haven't won yet, they still have another game to win in this series to get to the final. But they're one game away from the final. They got out of the second round. It just feels vindicating to see that like, oh, finally, the regular season does mean a little bit like everything we saw, everything we saw them overcome with injuries and everything it actually did kind of translate and Jared Bednar has just pushed all the right buttons with this team. This team's learned all their lessons. It, it, it would have just been disheartening to see this team bow out. Cause they're, they're so, so good. And just so clear of the Western conference really. Yeah. And it's just, it, it's been a masterclass so far this year. And like you said, there's still one win to go. Um, but being up three, nothing is, I feel pretty good. Like it, the Oilers they, are not going to win four games in a row. They're not. No. Playing it simple. Um, so it, it could be four. It could be five. It could be six. I, I, if it goes seven, I'll be utterly shocked. The, the Oilers, they just, they do not, they're not a team built to go to the Stanley Cup final. No. They're not. They played the LA Kings, who are okay, ahead of schedule, maybe in their rebuild, and the Flames, who fucking choked. And Markstrom was awful in that series. And now they're kind of just here. And the Western Conference Finals. Sometimes it happens. You play two series that are not that bad, and you get to the final, and then you play a real team, and you get your ass kicked because yeah. you still got a lot of work to do. And this, honestly, this might not be great for the Oilers long term because now Ken Holland is going to look at this, and be like, "Oh, but we we were so close. We made it there. We were one of the final four teams. We ran into the best team in the league. We're right there." Give Mike Smith another year. Miko Koskinen, ah, he's probably fucking off to Europe. Go go bring in uh, Halak or something. Zach Cassian, here's another contract for you. We're right there, boys. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't make sense for them to do it, but... They're going to. They're they here do. now. Because I didn't hate the Oilers, and now we played three I, games against them. I loathe them. I, I fucking hate them. the Oilers. Like I was, I was really neutral on the Oilers. Like I rooted for McDavid and Drysdale's success. Never really liked Darnell Nurse. Whenever we played him, but I, you know he was fine. Whatever. Obviously, fucking despise Evander Kane. Like Zach Cassian. Like I was like, ah, whatever. Wouldn't want him on my team. Now that we've played them, and now that we've like really seen how their fans react to things and how they react to things, never making that mistake of rooting no, for this team. I despise them. Fuck I see why. Guys. I see why a lot of people hate them. Yeah, they, they, are, have, they are infested with a loser mentality. You got dry style, two-handing people in the back. And, like, we got to talk about the, the slew foot, 
on yeah. from McKinnon on dry saddle. What the fuck are you talking about? Where it wasn't like, you are reaching for the stars. Dry saddle has one ankle. And you can also see on that play, McKinnon is like slipping over everything there too. It's clearly a bad spot on the ice. Like ice is slippery, Leon. Like watch your balance, buddy. Like the ice was bad. Today. The ice was, especially early in the game. It was bad. But it's like they're crying about everything. Oh, they're calling all these penalties. You're taking them. I, I don't know what you guys want here. You're not going to get things because you're from Canada. I feel like that's one of the reasons why a Canadian team hasn't won in forever. What? What are you? What? Are you, what? Tim Peel tweeted out karma after the Kotri injury. You, <laughs> that okay? That actually makes me so mad. For those of you who don't know, Tim Peel, former NHL official, fired last year for game management and getting caught on a hot mic, has said the quiet part out loud for the last two weeks that Kadri has a reputation with refs, and we were fucking right all along. They let people get away with shit on him. So the fact that he's out there saying that pisses me the fuck off. You, Tim, are a fucking joke, and hockey is better off without you. Oh, my God. I can't believe he tweeted that. I am so glad someone screen grabbed that. Oh, yeah. he deleted it. He didn't. Yeah, even, he, deleted he didn't even have the balls to keep it up. Nope, if you're gonna be a piece of shit, let everyone in the world see it and laugh at you. At least yeah. have the nuts to let it hang. Fuck oh, you, man. That was that's bad. But all right, let, let's we we beat around. Oh, let's get really? back. All caps. Karma. Yeah. Exclamation point. Get out of here. Yeah. You, like the hockey's better off without you. You excuse. You're a punchline, Tim. When people only talk about you when they talk about bad refs. Do you know how bad you have to be for the NHL to hold you accountable? Get out of here with that. It's so bad, dude. You pathetic but, excuse of a human being. Yeah. Let's uh let's pivot again. Let's God. put a wrap on this game. Let's talk about the third period. It was an interesting third period. The abs get another power play to start. McCart takes a high stick. Like there's no debate on that. That's called you have to call that. Um, and the abs go on the power play, probably the worst power play of the night for the abs. Yeah, this was bad. Probably the worst of the night. Um, they get a whole lot of nothing on it. And, um, I just, I didn't love it, but they kept grinding. It really then, felt like a missed opportunity Yeah, in, in the moment that game we, we were both texting each other. Like that's bad. Yeah. That's going to come back to hurt you. And it, it, I don't know if it was quickly after that, but. Brian McLeod. It wasn't that long. It was, yeah, it it was pretty long. quick afterwards. I think it was I like mean, 90 seconds after the penalty expired. If the abs hadn't just come off a power play, they would have called this. I think it was Derek Ryan just slapped the slapped uh, Nico Sturm's stick out of his hand. Yeah. Like a very clear slash, but since the abs had too many power plays, you can't fucking give him another one. Right. And um, Ryan McLeod zooms in, fires a shot from the blue line with no traffic in front of him and Pavel Francouz, we haven't talked about so far in this game. He was good. I, I thought he was solid. He lets in probably the worst goal he's allowed this year. Like, he has to be. Yeah, definitely one of them. I mean, that is a shot you have to save 10 times out of 10. And, I mean, the, the room opened up for Sturm getting the stick slashed out of his hands by Ryan. It's like you said, if we didn't have a power play already, then they would have called that. But game management, you can't give a team too many power plays. You know, they have to worry about their safety because Edmonton fans are insane. And I mean, it really doesn't matter because you need a save on that. It's Ryan McLeod. It's okay. 
and you'd love a little more defensive coverage, but it's just, you want your goalie to make a save on that. And then, so now it's tied two to two. And then they call JT Comfer for tripping on Leon Dreisaitl. You texted me like, that could be game. That could be game. I, I really thought it was. I was just the way the game was going after. Frankie I mean, it would have been kind. It would have been kind of just the script of the game. We go over five on the power play and the Oilers get a power play goal to win it. I said and I tweeted, if you kill this off, that's a huge way to get your momentum back. But you have to get there first. Yeah. This and- power play was great. And Pavel Francouz made up big time for that missed puck one of the saves of the playoffs on Connor mcdavid unbelievable robbery with the glove and the mask like i i hate saying something like this but the way kemper had been playing for the last couple of games that goes in kemper was hurt we all know that now he, yeah. he was hurt it was very obvious you, he get, was still you get a healthy frankie in there bounced back from a huge mistake that really could have deflated the team makes that massive save. And I tweeted right after, remember that save. Remember that save. It was a great save. And that's why hockey is the funniest sport. He, he misses probably the easiest save of the night and then goes and makes that save. It was the, it was the thing about this game. I, I like Right after this, I was just saying, just take the low percentage shots. Those are the ones that are going in. And so this power play goes on. Bouchard gets it at the point, rings it off the post, Comfer exit the exits the box. He gets a stretch pass from Andrew Cogliano and he gets free of who is Bouchard. Bouchard. And the second he got free of Bouchard, this was a low percentage play. I stood up. I was like, he's going to score. He's got the, it's going to go right through him. And that's exactly what happened. It went right through Mike Smith through the five hole. Comfer didn't even know he scored it in the moment. He thought Smith had it. And so now all of a sudden, glove save on McDavid by Francois. Bouchard hits the post. Five seconds later, JT Comfer out of the box, into the net. The Avs take the lead. I celebrated that goal harder than Helms' goal. Because I think Helms' goal just shocked me to my core. Yeah, this we both was, had shocked faces. Yeah. Like, this was such an emotional shift in the game. Like, it, it's incredibly preemptive to say this and was incredibly preemptive at the time. I said out loud, that's the series right there. That's the series shifting goal. Yeah. And it was like, Mike Smith was terrific all night. I don't know how he didn't save that. I don't know how that's what I said. Like, as after this, I think Landis Gog had like a, no, it, one. it was Nachushkin. Oh, right. It was Nachushkin. I think it was with Landis Gog or something. They had a great chance. That was an amazing save by Smith. I just, we just shoot the low percentage ones. Yeah. Don't pass that. Just shoot from the point or something. It's probably going to go in. Yeah. I'm just watching the replay. Are you looking at the, the, the slew yeah. foot that they're showing? Like, what are you That's a clean hit? <laughs> he barely touched them. Yeah. They're like, calling that a slew yeah. foot. Like, okay. Get lost with that. Sorry. But anyway, yeah, I mean, Mike Smith makes that great save on the Chushkin. And like we said earlier in the episode, Val Chushkin could have four goals tonight. If it wasn't he was Mike Smith making incredible in this he was, game. He was, and, it was so funny because his second goal was on cue on TNT. They were talking about like his, his journey from getting drafted with Dallas and then going back to the KHL, coming back to Dallas, zero goals, zero penalty minutes in like 65 games gets bought out, signs a league minimum contract with the abs and is turned into this monster with us. And he scored, like, I think the moment they stopped talking about him. Yeah. I mean, it's, 
it's just a testament to you can't give up on a player too early. Right. It's a, it's a test. It's, it's, I think it's what you said before the episode. It's a testament to pro scouting yeah. and identifying players of need. And that's the difference in this series because the Oilers, they should be a lot more on par with us. They really should, but they have bad management. And they Joe Sackick has been able to identify Val, Berkey, Taze, Kadri, all of these guys. Everyone we got the deadline, Lekin, Cogliano, Manson, the list goes on and on. What have the Oilers done to really surround McDavid and Drysdale? They got Zach Hyman, gave him an incredibly bloated contract to do so that might age very poorly with his injury history. And they signed Evander Kane. That's it. That, that they is got Duncan minute. Keith too. They got, they got another. Oh, oh right. They gave up picks for the full contract of Duncan Keith, who was getting turnstiled in this series. And they did not solve their goaltending. Nope. The, like they it's actually, traded for Kemper. They yeah, could have. We beat them because we upped the offer. And I think they were in on Lekkinen too. We upped the offer and got him. Ken Holland's too afraid to pull the trigger. Yeah. You can't win if you don't take the shot. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's. It is a testament to the pro scouting. It's a testament to Joe Sackick. And I need Joe Sackick to win this one and just be like, see, the executive of the year is a joke. Like, who cares the, about the, the executive? executive of the year is the guy who wins the Stanley Cup. Lou Lamorello is not the two-time defending executive of the year. It's Julian Breezeball. Who's even up for it? I don't I think they announce it after the the conference final. It, I mean, the voting's already done. I'm sure. Oh, that, oh I know. They vote on it after the second round. I think we find out about it before the final or something. It'll be yeah, I mean, it'll be Zito probably wins it. It'll, yeah, yeah, Bill Zito will probably win it. Yeah, maybe the Flames GM too. It'll be Holland because they want a round. That'll be hilarious. But yeah, so let's put a bow tie on this game because that goal with JT Confer happens with about seven minutes left. There's a lot of time left. A lot of time, and the Abs lock it down. I I don't remember Frankie making it like he wasn't tested in those final seven minutes. Yeah, he he made a couple important saves towards the very end but they really contained them to the outside and that fi- that final face off were ran- I mean let's also I almost brush past this Arturi Lekkinen his <laughs> shot blocks guys got, guys got guts serious yes. guts that's he why he blocked a car shot too <laughs> yeah he, he blocked three <laughs> shots on that possession he blocked a shot by Bouchard i think another one from Nurse and then he blocked Kale McCarr's clearing attempt with his helmet so he was really selling out the body for both sides on that play. I, at that point, I was like, oh, no, <laughs> this is how we're going to do this. Yeah. And they just, they didn't stop. No, ever. they didn't stop. And, and the Oilers had, they had the empty net for like two minutes. I, I don't think they had a crazy dangerous chance. No, not really. Like they were blocking shots and the abs were winning big faceoffs at the end of the game. And a player who we haven't talked about, but who was fantastic on both ends of the ice tonight. Miko Rantanen was this was his best game of the playoffs. He was an animal defensively. An animal. Like that, incredible. He deserved that empty net goal more than anyone on the team tonight. He oh, was yeah. he makes that diving play to get the puck out of the zone. Yeah, he he blocks the shot first, then pushes it out over the line with his glove, gets back up, they get another stop. He's in position for the wide open empty net goal to seal it. Just like, it, just like he was on the road in St. Louis. He got the exact same thing that way. I mean, it's just a full team-wide buy-in. A guy like Miko Ranton, who, who we've criticized this season for being lazy and not bought in and given maybe 70% sometimes. But, you know, it's the regular season. It doesn't matter. And he's gotten flack in these playoffs for not scoring. 
He couldn't knock his effort though in these playoffs. No. I really think he was hurt. I think he still is a little bit, but I think he kind of banged it back into place a little bit because he. I think that explosiveness is starting to come back with him again. That's a three three straight games with a goal for Miko Rantanen. Yeah, it's three what we games. said. He got the he got the one against the Blues, the empty netter. Then he got the one in game one, and we both said. Here he comes. This is exactly what he needed. He just needed one. And now he's fine. Granted, this was an empty net goal, but I'm, I'm willing to count it as a full one because he fucking earned it. He earned all of that goal. And I just, I, you got to give him his props for how well he played in this game. He was, I mean, Val was pretty damn good, but I, I'd make the case that Mika was the best forward tonight. Yeah, on both ends of the ice, absolutely. And, and who would have thought we were saying that about Rantanen? But again, I think that goes right back to its roots in Jared Bednar. Trusted him. Full on buy-in. Kept him out there, and he, he deserved that goal. I mean, and I, I feel like people that don't watch the abs would be shocked to see Miko Rantanen out there in an empty net situation. I, it's just you don't watch the team, man. This is what they've been like all year. This team locks it down when they need to. There's We can win a game however you want. We can. I mean, the, the, how many games in the playoffs this year have we scored four goals? I think I can only think of one game where we haven't scored four. Yeah, and it was the one I was there for. Yeah, it was the one we lost. Uh, game yeah, at two. home, four to one. Yeah. Like, was the I, old time I, I can, I can look through all of them. We scored two in game two, but we won that game. In over. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so seven, two, seven, five, and then three, four, five, six, five, three against St. Louis, then um, eight, then yeah. four. And then four again. So even when we don't score four, we're pretty damn close. Yeah, we're pretty damn close. So and we're and we're one and one when we score less than three. Yeah, that's not bad. And I just, I, this team's different, man. We've been they saying it all different. year. They, they are different. They lose that game last year. When Absolutely. They did. They yeah. they straight up lost that game last year against Vegas. Game three on the road. Five minutes left. Two to one. They gave up the late goals. They couldn't hang on. This is two series in a row where they've had the lead in the third period in a game three after the horrible one last year and totally locked it down. There have been plenty of games this season or in the playoffs where they have a lead and locked it down. There was one time they didn't. You'll see a pattern here. I was there. But <laughs> with everything else, they've been able to lock it down. I've this team's different, man. They're one win away from going to the Stanley Cup final, which is I I I don't know. Like that just feels so like we've been expecting it all along. It feels weird that's actually happening. I like know. it could like, happen. We're up we're up three to nothing in the Western Conference final. Yeah. Like it's not three to two. We're not going on we didn't win game five, and now we're going on the road with a chance to close it out. We have four chances to move on to the Stanley cup final. Like even, even if you lose on what would it be Monday. Monday, you're going home with a chance to close it out and you're undefeated on the road. Yeah. I wouldn't what? be sure. I'd... <laughs> Selfishly. I want to see them win game five so I can be there, but no, I'm, it sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure that would be nice. Watching yeah. A home win to clinch yeah. the series. I'm sure that would be great, but Knowing this ass team, I'm not going to be shocked, dude, if they win game four. Not at all. They're better than the Oilers. And as long as I'm not there, they have no problem closing out series. Yeah. Like we saw it against Nashville. 
where they didn't play their best game. They had Frankie and Nez, not even the first elimination game with Frankie and Nez. And they were down in the third period, came back to win. And, you know, elimination game, game six against St. Louis, down in the third period, come back to win. You know, that's, re- that's really the only thing we haven't had to do in this series is come back because the only time we were was the only time we were down, it was one to nothing in game one. Correct. And we scored like 30 seconds later. Right. <laughs> exactly my point. It's this team can win however you want to do it, man. It's what we've said all season. They can win two one games. They can win the eight six game. They can get the four nothing shutout. They can win the, the three two game and get the emotional switch back. And they can come back to win games too. I, you're breaking up you're breaking and and we've seen it all year this team they can they can win however they want all the high scoring games all the low scoring games you know like the only question has been in goal at least in the playoffs frankie's answered the bell when you have a healthy goaltender it helps yeah so i mean and that's nothing against Darcy Kemper. It's just very clear he was still hurt from taking that stick in the face. Yeah, like, I mean, he couldn't. He apparently couldn't see. Yeah, I mean, the good news for Darcy Kemper he was on the ice for a little bit at the end of morning skate, so it could be he's getting closer. But to me, I, I, you ride with Frankie until you, you ride with Frankie until you can't anymore. Yeah, and like even like a, a hypothetically, like you say, you sweep the series and you get eight days off. I still go with Frankie in Game One. Mm, that'll be tough you ride the hot hand until you can't anymore yeah no i don't disagree he's played great in front of frankie they've responded well to having him in net he's had one gaffe in two games he had a shutout in game two made the saves he needed to make in this game outside of one and he made up for it immediately there's no reason to take him out it's gonna be an interesting debate if we get there I mean, I don't think it is a debate. I just think it's something you don't overthink. You ride the hot hand, and if he falters against New York or Tampa or even in game four against Edmonton, you put Kemper back in. Yeah. You, you right. It's like I said last episode. You have house money right now with your backup goalie playing damn near lights out. You give your starter rest, and maybe you ride this all the way to a cup. You, it has the potential to be that. You don't argue with it. Yeah, you don't argue with it, but it's uh, it's going to be. I mean, like you said, it's a good problem to have. Yeah, I'd, I'd argue it's a non-problem at all. Yeah. It's only a problem if you make it one. And even if Frankie struggles, you got a motivated Darcy Kemper coming back fully. That's exactly my point. Worst case scenario, Frankie struggles in a game and you lose. Then you put Darcy back in a Darcy who's had time to rest, recalibrate, get his eye back to normal. And understand his job is not that secure. That has worked with him in the past. There's no real downside here. There really no. isn't. I mean, and you're a perfect example of it. I mean, you had the goaltender debate when the Caps won the Cup. I mean, Grubauer took it and he lost the first two games and Holtby came in and never gave the position up again. Yeah. And sometimes that's just what needs to, to happen. I mean, you could be the Oilers right now and have Mike Smith or Miko Koskinen and... I mean, Smith's playing fine, but he can't make the big saves sometimes. I mean, it's just, it's so weird with this Edmonton team. Like they're in the conference final and it should be a happier time, but it really is just kind of coming to light that this team is not done. They're not ready to win a cup. They're They're not not ready yet. And I mean, McDavid's cooled off somewhat. I, it's full. I don't think he has. I think it's just full credit to the abs. They have, they figured him out and they've shut him down. I mean, with the McKinnon versus um, McDavid line on the ice, 
it wasn't close. I don't think they, I think they had a couple shot attempts. I don't know if they had one on goal. Yeah. I mean, the Avs are just better and they're a better team. The, the Oilers may have better players, but the Avs are a better team. The, the Oilers have one better player in Nick yeah. David. Dry settles on one leg right now. He's, he's having a hard time moving. Hard to get my sympathy when you're two handing people in the back of the legs. Yeah. Though, but. Like I said in the last episode, man, I don't want to, I, I didn't hate Leon Draisaitl. I want to give him a break because I think he's in like immense pain every yeah. time he's on the ice, and that can fuck with you. Yeah, but he's a whiny bitch, dude. I th- I'm. I don't want to give him a break, but I understand. Like, imagine your job is to go as fast as you can, and every time you move, like, like doesn't he have? Doesn't he? Didn't he sprain his ankle? Like, imagine yeah, having a sprained that's the ankle. That's yeah. the rumor. But like, imagine having a sprained ankle and having to go as fast as you can in ice skates. That would probably make me a little upset too, to be in that much pain for three hours. Yeah, I still, he's still just a whiny bitch. Yeah, he is. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not making excuses for him, but I understand. Yeah, understand it a little bit, but yeah, man, what do you think? We, you think we close it out in four? I think Monday's the end. I, I see no reason as to why we don't. The, the Oilers' last hope was home ice. This was their last hope. Like, oh, wait till they come to Edmonton. Oh, we got a goal 36 seconds in. It's the home ice advantage. Full credit to the crowd. Now they don't have that. Now they're praying for a miracle. And I don't know if it's going to happen. I, I just, I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're broken. Yeah. I really do. They don't strike me as a team that's going to handle adversity very well. If the Avs get the first goal of the game, God forbid two, it's over. Yeah, it is. It is. And I agree with you. I, I think the Avs are going to win. Um, and I, I think we're going to be talking on Monday about who Can you imagine play. going into the Stanley Cup final with two losses? That'd be pretty crazy. To lose the Stanley Cup final, you would need to double your losses from the rest of the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, and we can talk about the matchups that could potentially happen if the Avs finish it off, which – Unless a fucking hell freezes over, it, it, it's going to be really hard for the Avs to blow this. Um, the Lightning don't look good. They they look tired, and they yeah. look like they got a bad matchup with the Rangers. They look this old. Is a, this is a Rangers team that swept them in the regular season, and Tampa just kind of looks dead. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, hope. I mean, if Braden Point comes back for Game Three, that could be an adrenaline he, boost. If he does. That's maybe fifty percent Braden point. Yeah, because he's he's still hurt. But I, I, the Rangers, I we've been calling them frauds all year, but they they I got hot. They, well, they didn't even get hot at the right time. They just finished their chances. Yeah, they they finished the season pretty good. They got outplayed by the Penguins. They were down three to one. They got the saves they needed to get. They got the clutch goals when they needed them. And Carolina. I really feel like they blew their chance in that series. I mean, they really let the Rangers back in with, they couldn't win on the road. Couldn't win on the road. And, and they were just relying like, oh, well, we'll win at home. It's a non-issue until it wasn't anymore. Yeah. And now, yeah. I, like, I feel like people are like, oh, the Rangers are a fluke. It, it's, it can be a fluke that they beat the Penguins. They deserve to be beating the crap out of Tampa right now. They are dominating them. Yeah, they're playing really good hockey. And I got to give them credit. They're, they 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 look like the team, like this could all be a wash when we talk Sunday at, at uh, one o'clock my time. Um, but it's, if Igor keeps playing this way, I just don't know if the lightning have enough to get by them. And if the abs match up with the Rangers, 
That's going to be a doozy of a series. It is. And also, like, I'm going to be racked with nostalgia because, oh, what do you know? In the Stanley Cup final, my team is playing a Gerard Gallant coach team that is making a run off of exceptional goaltending when no one thought they were going to do anything. And they've also got Ryan Reeves in them. And it's also an incredibly obnoxious fan base. I I'm just going to be right at home in that yeah. space because the caps beat Vegas in 2018. And also if we lose, there's going to be a movie made out of the series because it's the Rangers. And every time you turn on the NHL network, they won't shut the fuck up about their last cup. Yeah. That was like 30 years ago. Well, whoa, well, whoa. Well, it was in 1994. I'm only 28. Like, cool that's when i was born so <laughs> it's I mean, not we're coming, 30 we're coming up on 30 it's it's not 30 yet though man let's let me hold on to these years a little bit but i i think the abs match up well with the rangers like the I rangers are beating the lightning with speed the abs are faster than the that, rangers that's my thing man like okay your claim is goaltending okay well what happens if we break him it's the same thing with mcdavid like okay well you have mcdavid and dry what happens if we break them you don't have much the Rangers, they have Zabanajad. They have he's hot. They have the kid line, which is a fun little story right now. You're not better than McDavid and Dry Sidle, yeah. man. They're not gonna be that hard to shut down. Not to get too cocky and pencil the abs in for a cup before we're even in the final. Yeah. But at this point with the Rangers up two to nothing, you better be praying they finish that series. Cause if Tampa comes back. I am terrified of them. Oh yeah. Tampa is just like, I mean, just why won't you die? <laughs> no matter what we do in that series, I'm going to just be like, yeah, but they're, they're, they're not Tampa. done until they lose four. They're not done. Yeah. And, and I wouldn't be shocked if they win game three. I mean, they, well, they, they have to win game yeah. three in order to have a chance, but the Rangers broke their streak. They lost consecutive games in the playoffs for the first time since they got swept by Columbus in 2019 and if Tampa wins the next two games, it's series on. And they definitely can. But Vasilevsky if, has to be better. Yeah. I mean, Tampa was down 2 nothing to the Caps in 2018. That Granted, this one was on the road. They won the next three games and lost the next two. I don't know. I, I'm way more terrified of a Tampa team that makes a comeback than a Rangers team that's riding too high. I agree. I agree. There's like, there's, it's like almost every year there's a team that goes to the final, just like, oh, what a story. And then they get slaughtered. Yeah. Look at Montreal last year. Yeah. Montreal last year, Dallas the year before. You had, I mean, St. Louis was the anomaly. They actually won that series. And Vegas, Nashville, San Jose, I, I don't know. I feel like that one was just kind of a wash for both sides. Yeah. But like you look at the last couple of years, there's just, sometimes there's just that team like, Oh, what a run. Things are just going right for them at the right time. And then they get killed. Yeah. And I, I we're getting ahead of ourselves. We still got one more job to finish, but a Rangers abs final would be, I mean, it's like I said, last episode, like we've, we've talked about the, the idea of the Rangers and abs kind of being the, the next generation for hockey right now with all their picks. I didn't expect to be having this conversation already. No, but we'll hopefully we can talk about it on after on Monday's episode. Avs finish the sweep, they clinch the cup final, and then we can talk about previews for the next 14 days. Because that's that's the crazy part, dude. Because like, what if both these series end early? Like I know at the earliest the final would start would be the 16th. Like we would have 10 days off. I saw a promo that said I thought it was the 18th. 
it could potentially the latest yep. the series can end i believe is the 30th that is the dead final for the cup to be handed out but like that's the thing man like you could go the Habs could go 12 days without playing <laughs> like that's crazy i mean they learned their lesson already yeah so let's i'm hoping they close it out and then we just get a week worth of preview and shit because that'll be great but man this team they're unreal go up three nothing in the western conference final and are one win away from the stanley cup do you have anything else for this episode what else can you say about this team because i mean maybe this is your first episode because you're realizing just how good the abs are we've said a lot of this all year long and i am really reaping the rewards of watching everyone be like oh shit this team's really good (laughs) how do you beat them right that's what i've been asking we'll see man i'm hoping they can close it out i i believe they're gonna close it out in four if they don't not the end of the world not that i want them to take that attitude but not the end of the world if they can't close it out in game four you come back home with another chance you don't close out then you go back with another chance like that's the benefit of being up three to nothing and the, like the reason you see three nothing comebacks is because it was like three fluke wins and a team rattles off four in a row. The Avs are so much better than the Oilers. Yeah. They're not going to lose four in a row to them. They're just not. I'm not afraid to say that either. They're a, a better team than the Oilers. To lose this series would be the most astronomical upset probably of all time. Yeah. All time. Uh, that's not exaggeration. All time. It would be unbelievable. I don't think it happens. So I don't either. Let's uh, let's wrap this episode. We're gonna have a day off. We both get to recuperate. Um, <laughs> that's something. Us podcasters need to recuperate. Yeah. But uh, podcasters, well, after a long day of spewing yeah. the worst takes you've ever seen. Yeah. Getting mad about stupid shit. But yeah. What a win! What a team! One win away from the Stanley Cup final. Man, that just that just sounds right, doesn't yeah. it? It just sounds good. So send us on our merry way, Griffin. Let's do it. Abs up three to nothing in the Western Conference final. One game away from moving on to the Stanley Cup final for the first time since 2001. And that is going to do it for this edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you all so very much for tuning in. As always, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore belay, and you can follow the show at tell it abs. It is. If you are an Oilers fan upset that I called Evander Kane garbage, my inbox is open. You can send me just about anything you like. I will look at the preview of the message and then I will ignore it. But regardless, you can do it if you want. I don't care if it makes you feel better. Makes no difference to me. But thank you all so very much for tuning in. We'll catch you all next time, hopefully talking about the avalanche in the Stanley Cup final. We'll see you guys then. Enjoy game four. Let's go abs.